Hello and welcome to the Stop the Sales Drop podcast. I'm Eric Gruber, CEO of Personal ABM and Stop the Sales Drop. And today I got a nice surprise for everyone that's listening. We don't just have one expert. We have two guest experts that are going to share with you how we should be leveraging and activating intent data. Now, this is one of the biggest challenges that we see that companies are dealing with, especially those that have invested in platforms like Bomb Borrower, Sixth Sense, Zoom Info, and many other out there, many others that are out there. So we're going to actually show how you should be acting on that data. With me is David. And Eric from Intensify. They are the VP of marketing and head of sales. David and Eric, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having us, Eric. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. No problem. Now, not only are they showing up for our podcast, they will also be on, on an upcoming Friday reboot panel. As many of you know that are listening to this, we have panels each and every single Friday where we are bringing together CEOs, CMOs, CROs, and VPs to discuss what's working, what's not working, and the shifts that need to be made. We're going to be talking about rebooting how we activate intent data on a panel as well. So if you like the information they're sharing, go to stopthesalesdrop.com backslash reboot Friday. Now to get started, uh, <clears throat> as I mentioned, this is one of the biggest issues that we don't know how to activate the data. And I think part of it is we, there is so much data. As you say on the Intensify website, your platform gets 50 plus billion intense signals per month. 4.2 million identified in-market accounts per month. So there's lots of intent data for sales and marketers to act on. But all intent data should not be treated equally. What should we be acting on and how should we be selecting in-market accounts to target? Doesn't matter which one wants to start. This is gonna be very conversational, so feel free for one of you to start and then the other one to add on additional value. Sure, I could, I could start. Um, this is David Crane, VP of Marketing. Um, but it's a big question to cover, Eric, but um, first one thing to think about is there's a lot of different types of intent data. You know, you have exchange data, co-op data, publisher data, social intent data, and none of them are necessarily better or worse than one another. We believe that they're really complementary and that each offer their own, you know, different piece of a jigsaw puzzle that uncovers your target market's needs and buying intentions. And the more you use, you know, the greater the breadth of account activity and coverage. And secondly, I think marketers themselves need to understand the difference between monitoring intent keywords and versus monitoring intent topics. Keywords are really great for custom terms that aren't categorized with topic taxonomies but they don't ensure the contextual relevance that you also need. While monitoring topics are great for ensuring that contextual relevance, but may not you know, allow you to monitor the specific niche uh, keywords that you need around your specific solutions to really uh, you know, 
see that intent in your target audiences. Um, you know, optionally, you want to track both customized keywords and topics to make sure you have both that that niche tracking and also that contextual relevance. That's so key to make sure you're not just you know getting false uh, positives on your intent data. You know, and and lastly, what a lot of teams aren't you know they should be making sure they do is you know looking at the types of topics or keywords um, because they can indicate where accounts are in their their buying journey. Um, when a target account is spiking on topics or keywords related to challenges, problems, or pain points, that usually, you know, indicates that the account is early in their, their buyer's journey. And when it's spiking on topics or, or keywords related to brand names or product names, you know, it can indicate that account is further along in their journey and considering specific solutions to providers and kind of knowing these differences and how to to see these differences, the keywords, topics between different sources of data, it really helps inform how how you want to engage these accounts with specific messages or, or content. I'm not sure, Abelch, you want to jump in there? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think, like you said, there's just so much data out there. There's so many different signals that we see. There's so many signals that a Bombora will see. There's, you know, companies like Tech Target that they have their own internal properties that they're monitoring. And, you know, what we're really trying to do is, is just help people prioritize and help people uh, use all the data that's available to them. And, you know, the, the main thing is most companies don't have endless budgets. So when they're, you know, trying to activate against intent, it's, it's really that you don't have to be thinking, how am I going to activate against all of these different signals? It's, well, let's look at the, let's look at the companies that are showing up with Intensify. Let's see the companies that are um, doing social activity. Let's see the ones that are visiting our websites. Let's see the ones that are on Bombora. And if you can take all of this, you know, this data and, and, and mesh it together, and then you kind of have a good outlook of, okay, I, I probably shouldn't be going after these 10,000 companies to start. I should be going after these 500. So what we're really trying to do is, is just take all the signals that we see and all the ones that are available to our customers and and help them map out the most effective strategy to, to get their sales team opportunities. Now, how, where, and why does intent data fall short of expectations? Um, I, I was thinking about this when you sent this over. I, I think it falls short, and David, I'll, I don't mean to jump in. I think the, the main thing that I see of it falling short is how people expect it to increase probably their conversion rates. Um, it's just like anything, you know, if, if you think intent data is going to, you know, quadruple your conversion rates, um, that, yeah, it's probably, you know, you have false expectations and you, you might think that it's not working, but really what intent data is doing is, you know, just helping you identify who you should be going after, you know, how you should be having the conversation with these organizations, you know, where is the activity coming from taking all of this knowledge it's not going to, you know, all of a sudden magically give you 10x return, but it certainly is going to give you a better conversion rate than if you're just sitting there going with a huge broad net and trying to go after every single company, some that aren't even um, really just starting step one, you know? So if you could take all of this intent data, all these signals, you will see it, you know, increase in conversion. You will see better opportunities, but it's just the right expectations of how, how big of an increase that is. David, on the marketing side, where does it fall short of expectations and why? I think it falls short largely because it's only being used to 
like half the way you're supposed to be using it. For example, marketing teams may use intent data to identify accounts to engage for, say, the content syndication um, campaign. And so they, they, you know, generate these leads from these in-market accounts, and then they hand them on over to um, sales development reps, but they don't hand over the data with the leads, for example. So these sales reps have these leads, which they expect to be, you know, convert a much higher clip because it's intent identified, but they're not also passing over to data with the, the messaging they should use. So marketing should also be attaching um, specific content or messages that found intent data for these sales reps to follow up with on these contacts at these intent identified accounts. So really they're only getting half the value out of that. So they're wondering why, as, as um, Eric mentioned, they may not be converting. It's like, well, they're from these right accounts, but you're not actually following up with them the right way based on their own research activity. Yeah, and I think, I think that's a major point too. You know, just because an account has a high intent score or an account is, you know, doing a lot of activity across multiple different intent feeds, that doesn't mean that they're any more familiar with your brand. And I think that that's where exactly. we're trying to really help educate our customers and help them with their, their nurture and help them with their follow-ups to, to focus more on what are those keywords and those topics that we're seeing come from these organizations. Talk high level and, and talk about, you know, that and that approach as opposed to, hey, you know, you, you're doing activity around this. You must know who I am. Well, no, they 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 might not. They probably don't actually. <laughs> yep. Which is actually going to lead into the next question: Is how are sales and marketing teams ineffectively using intent data? I'm going to share some of my own thoughts and ideas. I'd love to get both of your thoughts on what I have to say. But then, Eric, when I hand over to you, I want to have you focus on the sales side. And David, as you being VP of marketing, have you focused on the marketing side of how they aren't choosing the data right? Great. Now, overall, I see the, the biggest issue that I see is that and this basically goes in alignment with what you were just talking about. I get the, the intent data, but I'm not going beyond the intent, that data. So I see what they're searching or if I use something like Path Factory, I can see what you're consuming. But what I'm not seeing, but where sales and marketing teams are not doing is they're not digging for what is the intention behind that intent? Why is there intent in the first place? Because then I need to, from there, I can start to see where is the company goals? And then I can make sure that my solution fits within their priorities. I can show them, here are some of the gaps you may not be considering. So now I'm not responding back with messaging around generalized personas. That's around generalized content that is focused on what they may have been searching for. Now it's very specific where I get personal relevance. And this is of course for accounts that are in your top tier accounts, the ones that could bring you the greatest revenue growth. And then you could scale once you're from your learnings, but that's where I think the biggest challenge is, where the issue is that we're not going beyond that intent data. We're not figuring out and using it as a springboard to see why is there intent in the first place? Because that gives you the whole story. And when you understand the story, you can make your sales and marketing messages that much more relevant 
and you improve the interaction. I think it just becomes about campaign versus interaction. And to me, those interactions, especially with the accounts that can give you the greatest revenue and growth is what's gonna matter the most. What are your thoughts? Well, I think from a sales standpoint, you know, a lot of the times from what we hear from our customers is it, it's really just hard to get the sales teams to actually utilize some of the tools that they have at their disposal. You know, I mean, you hear about everybody from Sixth Sense to, you know, Bombora, everybody has a dashboard. We have a dashboard. Sales teams don't want to log into dashboards. They want to have it, you know, right into Salesforce, readily available so they can look at it right there and, and just see what the account's going to be researching. But then, you know, again, there, it really is just coming down to how are they using it? How are they, are they getting the most out of what is at their disposal? You know, are they, are they filtering through and, and going to the low hanging fruit and, and looking at topics and keywords of companies that are specifically researching their products and their competitors, or are they looking at every single account that has intent as the same level of intent? You know, I think it really just comes down to being able to educate a sales team and, and say, yeah, you know what, within this intent, there is some low hanging fruit. You know, you might see, you know, 2000 accounts that you're trying to go into. And if you filter down to ones that are researching your products and researching your competitors, it might go down to 30. And I would prioritize those 30 and I would have a message specific to those 30. And then you might have something that is a little bit more relevant and a little bit more mid funnel um, for, you know, a subset of 100 or 150 accounts. So it's really just filtering through and, and understanding what each one of these companies are researching, where they could be, whether it's, are they at the product comparison stage or are they more at, you know, a high level topic, which is, you know, I probably have to educate this company a little bit more about what we do as opposed to uh, this other company. I probably have to educate them as why we're different than, you know, my competitor. Yep. Yep. And before I go over to you, David, uh, I just want to follow up on the area of, you said that it's a prioritization. What am I going to focus on? It's also, I think, we need to figure out where the different accounts that are showing intent, where they fit into different buckets and what I call buying journeys. To me, there's a bucket for those that showing intent, strong intent. They're in market and they're engaging with campaigns. You can't take that one to few approach there. But then there's the bucket that you they showed intent in the first place, but then they stopped engaging. They start they started ghosting you. They're not clicking anymore. And a lot of times, if they're not engaging anymore, it's because they don't see themselves in the story that sales and marketing is telling. They're missing that personal relevance. So that's where now you figure out the top priority ones, your tier one accounts and how we should improve those personal interactions. How can we get them re-engaged using social email and having more of that one-to-one -one interaction with multiple people within that account? You have the ones that aren't showing intent yet. 60% <clears throat> of the market is stuck in status quo, but they need sales and marketing to create the buying vision. We need to get them to show intent. So there needs to be a journey for those, the ones that are your perfect ICPs, because if I can create that buying vision and actually create the intent and I can see, 
and I get to measure it once they start to show that intent, I know that I can get them to a win because if I get them to change and I'm the one to make them change, they're going to be looking at me versus all my other competitors that may just be responding to intent data. And then you have your customers. How can I retain and protect them? If there's intent data, a lot of people forget about that. If they're starting to look at competitors, well, then that account is at risk. Well, how can we get them to protect? So I think it comes down to seeing what kind of journey we need to take with those different accounts that are showing intent and how we move forward from there. I think that's where it needs a lot of focus on. David, is in the yes. marketing side, where do you see how marketing teams are ineffectively using intent data? Well, really, what you just said segue is pretty nice. Is I think there's a, still a lot of issues of silos where there, you have silos to different types of data, people acting on intent data separate from engagement data or separate from, from fit data when they really should be using it all in concert with one another. Um, if you stop seeing intent, you're seeing more engagement, you know, that's going to affect the way that you, you interact with those accounts. At the same time, you have the size between use cases, um, which is very prevalent. And, uh, you know, you always see these surveys where talking about um, organizations using intent data to, so they could affect better alignment. Or really, you want to have alignment so you could affect better value from your intent data. If you have a digital marketing team who's using intent data specifically to serve um, display ads to in-market accounts, but then you have a whole different team, your dimension team that's using intent data for third-party dimension programs like content syndication. If they aren't using the units, you're not going to get that, that full effect from it. Really, you should be looking um, at the data together and how you're going to execute on, on the signal that you're seeing. And that way, you're going you're gonna to get better conversion rates, and then you're, you pass over that information over to sales so that they continue on that same line of logic with the right messaging, the right content, so it doesn't seem like you're jumping all over the place with the, um, the messaging that you're providing the customers, because we're really supposed to be giving our prospects the information that they need when they need it. But if we're working in silos between use cases and between the types of data we're using to inform these engagements, we're going to be jumping all over the place. We're just not going to be giving them the information that they need to, to um, purchase our, our, our products and services. I think it comes down to the fact that what is happening with, especially on the marketing side, I can see intent. So let me now retarget ads. Let me do all this advertising. It's becoming more about account-based awareness and account-based advertising versus how are we going to get to revenue with target accounts? And I think that's what is missing. That's why it comes so silent. It's sales not getting the messaging. To me, ABM is a business strategy that should mm -hmm. involve sales, marketing, account management, leadership, product teams. Everyone should be on board and how we're going to get a new prospects to revenue and existing accounts to greater revenue. And intent data mm -hmm. is what's going to help feed that strategy. But it's a business strategy, not just a tactic. And that's what I think it's becoming. Exactly. So it's becoming so tactically where it's about account-based advertising. But that's not what intent data was meant for. Just identify accounts that you can advertise to. Right. It, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that many teams are still focused on what 
whatever KPIs that they're going to be measured against. So like, okay, well, we want to make sure that these display ads are getting clicks. Okay. That's something those they're successful where the managing team may be focused on how many the leads you generate are converting to SALs or SQLs. So they're going to be using anything that makes their own efforts look better. But really, as you said, Eric, you need a holistic strategy to use engine data throughout the entire, um, uh, the entire buyer's journey and beyond. And I mean, I'm not saying that every team who adopts into data should try to boil the ocean and use that, that data right away for every available use case. It's better to start with one or two and gradually incrementally expand from there. But you need to work in unison and, you know, lock arms with the other functions to make sure it's all being used as effectively as possible. And to the next point, it doesn't end with the sales. As you mentioned earlier, Eric, that customer success teams can be using data too to really, you know, identify those accounts that are in risk of churning or to, um, you know, identify opportunities to cross sell or upsell. If you have a, a, a customer that you see spiking on uh, topics or keywords related to competitors, um, product solutions, that may be an indication that they're likely to churn. So you need to get in there and make sure that you fix any issues before that happens. But that means, you know, you need to have a standardized uh, strategy around how you're actually going to leverage the data. Yep. Mm -hmm. What is that strategy? How do we formulate that strategy? How what should be included as part of that strategy and how we need to leverage and activate that data? What would you say should be part of that, that strategy we were just talking about? Well, from, I mean, that's a, that's a whole other conversation that could <laughs> take a long time. But uh, I think one thing people or organizations need to know is when they understand and select their topics and keywords and what they mean for every part of that uh, buyer's journey. And so you attach messages and content to each one of those topics or keywords. You know how it's going to use, how you're going to um, uh, act on that, those signals around those topics and keywords. Um, so really making sure anyone, uh, you know, according to their, their function at the organization, knows what, when an organization is spiked on specific, how they can use that or what matters most to them. Um, I built up a lot of uh, tables and charts and uh, how you align messaging and content to specific topics and keywords. I think that's one of the first steps. But also it's just about knowing what use cases you're starting with understanding what uh, success looks like and how you're actually going to scale from then and then moving on to the next use case and doing the same thing. So just like, you know, just making it part of your overall account-based um, strategy and how you include these signals to inform how you score accounts and how you should act on those signals. Yeah, I, I think that intent data is just so new at this point and it's still just it's a, you know, early stages of being adopted effectively where, you know, you, you have to get your hands on as much data as possible. And it needs to be like David said, it needs to be a strategy. You know, are we monitoring every possible, um, you know, interaction that our customers or prospects are taking? Do we have pixels on our sites? Are we utilizing all the data that we have with other subscriptions? Um, you know, what data, you know, is going into our planning? What data is, are we using to plan events? What data are we using to plan all of our programs? It needs to be the same. It, you need to have the same intent strategy and the same type of, um, you know, just brainstorming and making sure it's all right as you would with your nurture path. You know, all, and, and the same thing as your content strategy. People just, I think, nowadays are 
thinking, oh, well, I have this intent feed. That's it. it it's the same as like buying Marketo. Just because you have Marketo doesn't mean you're utilizing it correctly. You need to end up building out a good nurture. You have to have the right content. You have to have the right cadence of what that follow-up is. The same, I don't think the same effort currently is going into intent data that could be going into it to get the most out of it. And I think when companies start adopting it, looking at all the data that's at their, you know, available to them and, and putting together a strategy that's going to be for their outbound and their inbound programs, and then how can sales use this? And then how are we going to use this for our nurture, when you, when you take all this information that's available, that's when you're going to get the most out of intent data. But just by buying an intent feed and saying, oh, yeah, we get some signals on these accounts, that's, that's not going to get you that much. Yeah, and, and to, to uh, Eric's point, there so many um, organizations are just adopting intent data, investing it just to prioritize accounts. And th there's much more to it than that. Just beyond prioritizing, you need to know how to read the signals so you can form follow-up messaging. Now, so we can open up our audience's eyes. As you said, they are using it just to prioritize. You just said there's so much more to it. Can you, can you expand on that point? On what else is there that our audience and listeners are not thinking about when it comes to intent data? Yeah. Sure, I, I think I, I may have touched on this a little bit earlier, but say um, you're using um, an intent feed that just shows you, based on some type of cluster of intent topics, whether that account is scoring high that you should prioritize them. Okay, cool. They're, they have like a 70-point topic score on a specific uh, cluster of relevant topics to what your product offers. Okay, then you go after them with the content syndication it leads from that, that target account. Great. And they, they leave it there. But if you see which exactly topics or keywords they're um, actually consuming content around, for example, if it's product focused or brand focused, that means they're probably pretty late in the buyer's journey and that you need to follow up with more of your product or service oriented content. But if those topics or keywords are based really just around challenges or pain points, that means that you need to really educate them on those challenges and help them find solutions, but not push your own solutions on them, but more help them find ways to improve the solutions without being so product focused with your content or follow-up messaging. So really it's, it's just about understanding where those accounts are in their buyer journey by reading intent signals correctly. And then that will inform how you want to follow up, what type of message you want to use and what content is going to uh, resonate most of them. Where in some cases you might want to, if they are later in that journey, they're already in RFP mode. Instead of giving them more product information, you may just want to disqualify them because then you're not going to get the deal size. They're already so stuck on, <clears throat> here's where my needs are. They already have predefined needs. They've already had mm -hmm. in the late stage. So you're not going to be able to change their minds which means lower right. deal sizes, lower chance of getting the deal and you're putting a lot of wasted effort there. So it might be, I disqualify because I see where they are in the buying process. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you're gonna find, every organization is gonna be a little bit different. You're gonna find that certain uh, um, signals based on certain topics or, or keywords are indicative of more likely to convert or become a customer or less likely. So you may, you know, decide that you want to act differently based on your past experiences. But, you know, there's no set 
benchmark that works for every organization. I mean, every, every company's solutions are a little bit different from one another. Every market's a little bit different. So you got to find what works for you and you got to kind of, you know, pretty often switch up which signals you use, how you use them, and, you know, how you, which topics and keywords are tracking for the specific um, uh, follow-up efforts. Or use yeah, them. that actually is a great point, David, because that's something that we've been asking our customers. And, you know, what we'll do is, if we're running a, you know, a demand gen campaign utilizing our intent and, and utilizing any other intent that they have, we, and they have conversions, whether it's MQL or SQLs, we, we love getting that data back because then we'll do analysis. Okay, well, if these 20 companies turned into an SQL, let's go back and look at the data and see what were the top keywords and topics that these 20 were researching and see if there's any correlation with, um, you know, something that's more consistent uh, with all the different topics and see, okay, well, let's go look at the other companies that are, had these topics as the top ones and, and let's prioritize these accounts. And let's see if we can take any learnings from what was converting and, and what that company had been researching prior to, to becoming a lead. Yep. And then for those that aren't engaging, that's where you go one-on-one -on -one as long as they are top tier. Because then if I'm looking at a one-on-one, -on -one, now I'm not looking at 10% conversions, 20% conversions. A lot of marketing is always focused on what the conversions are. But... And I guess I'm a different kind of marketer. I worry about, okay, what are those accounts that are our ICP? The ones that are showing intent are not converting. And they're going outside of our funnel. Why? What is going on there? How much money are we missing out because we don't have the right interaction? Now I could start focusing more on taking a one-on-one -on -one approach with them, seeing what's working, taking those lessons and then applying it back to the one to few because I'm able to see at an interaction level versus the campaign level. And you're going to learn a lot more at that interaction level because I'm going to see exactly what works. What is, what is getting a prospect stuck, unstuck? So it's a lot of knowledge right there at the interaction level that I can now take to my campaigns to work across the board. So that's where I need to know when it comes to prioritizing, who do I need to take a more personal approach? Who do I need to take with a campaign? When do we move them over to a more personal one-on-one -on -one approach? So that's all, that all comes into play and how it can be used. It's not just, I push out messaging. So that's where, again, the intent data strategy and the ABM strategy works hand in hand. Yeah, and the one thing with the ABM strategy, too, and, you know, I think a lot of companies still aren't using the signals that they, you know, the, that they can get to, to create these lists. A lot of the times they're still having the sales team send over, hey, these are the thousand accounts the sales team cares about, and then we run those accounts through the intent data. And, you know, X amount will come back as with signals, and we'll see some information and, and see where they're doing the research. But, you know, what I would always do is, and I always suggest this to all of our customers, let's, let's create lookalike accounts for you because there is most likely a lot of accounts out there that fit exactly who you're going after that you don't know is showing activity right now. And so I think, you know, not just relying on what an internal ABM list was, like what they've created internally, but using all these signals to, to do A-B testing against what you consider your top accounts and then against what 
the data is showing are actually top accounts doing research. Yep. Well, it comes down yeah, to where do I want best stories? Because even the people that sales are saying, I want these, but if I don't have the right stories in place <clears throat> to tell, because as I mentioned before, prospects don't move forward because they don't see themselves in the story that sales and marketing is telling. So if I do not have the right stories, if I do not have the right reframes, if I don't have the right information and messaging that I need to build a business case, then I'm not going to move those accounts forward. So it's, I like, yeah, these are the accounts that are having our best stories. These are the type of accounts that we have the best stories for, and then finding others that are showing that intent. So I love that area because I really need to make that connection. It's all about the connection. That's what to me, the intent data shows you they're in market. Now, how am I going to connect with that prospect? And those accounts. Does that make sense? And, and, and just, yeah, it makes perfect yeah, yeah, sense. Just been on that, Eric, is is the idea that um, if you if you find that some um, tracking certain topics and keywords in the the accounts that are actually spiking on those aren't converting or you're not getting much engagement, those it may be an indication that your messaging around those topics keywords aren't that effective either. So may I mean, well, on one hand, it may say that okay, well, you need to revise your ICP. Or go after you know uh, revise your target accounts, but also it may mean that you actually need to revise your messaging and content around those specific topics and keywords because they're not resonating. Yep, and if I'm going to revise it, that's where I go down to the one-on-one -on -one and really see yep. what is working at a one-to-one -one level. What is, how is this progressing the sales conversation? Where is sales getting stuck? To me, in fact, I've mentioned many times. Those other listeners will hear me say this a lot. Content that marketing creates should start off first with the selling conversations that sales wants to have with very specific accounts. The more relevance I add for a specific account, the more relevant I'm going to be with accounts just like that. So if I am looking to win with Oracle, then my article should be written for Oracle. And the kind of conversation I need to have with them, the right stories, the right article, the right reframes, where are their specific thoughts, where are their gaps, where are their impacts, and then I could use this across the board. So that's a perfect place. So if I see it's not working, then I need to go personal and then see what's working and then scale it. But that's how I always tell our clients, focus on those one-on-one account, -on -one accounts. The ones that are gonna give you the greatest revenue growth and then we could take this and apply it across the board for those that are showing intent because now you know it worked. Now let's test it with others. Yeah, I mean, and that really always comes down to the importance of content too and the importance of what's being created and, and you know, what what is available for these prospects to consume. Are you making sure that there's, you know, different types of content, video, webinars, podcasts, reports, you know, eBooks. And so that's why it's just, you know, the intent is just one piece of the puzzle. Um, and, and all these other, you know, contributing factors are, are just as important. So it's really just taking, you know, everything and, and, and putting it all together and, and using it effectively. Yep. Definitely. Because as I say, and this is on the sales side and on the marketing side, one wrong interaction 
one one or one communication misfire, it can lead to unresponsiveness, inaction. So that's where it really needs to be in play, really focusing on going beyond that intent data, having a strategy behind that intent data, but also going beyond it, getting to know those accounts, what is going on within those accounts, and now focusing on that buyer journeys and how I'm going to interact, because that's where the magic plays. The intent data is only a springboard and a very powerful springboard, but it needs to be, as you said, part of the overall strategy. Well, that's the thing too. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, we, we even talked to our sales team about it. And, you know, if we have a prospect that we see is doing a lot of activity, you know, with lead generation and, and, and we see that, you know, hey, this is an account that should be working with us. Now, if this is a, a security company and we send them an example of our intent data that's all around HR, that is just so highly ineffective, right? And, and we do have security intent that we can share with them. But that's like a major thing where, well, why are you sending them HR intent data, even though it's an example of what our intent is? It's not, it, it, it's nothing that aligns with them. Let, let's take that extra step, get the right intent data to show them, show them that we do have security signals. It's the same thing with the follow-up that, you know, these companies might be doing. Who, you know, you got to make sure that your, your follow-up and the content, what you're sharing with them is relevant to their business. And that's where using these signals and seeing what they're researching to date is so important and can really help you craft that follow-up and get the right message in front of them. Well, now I am getting towards the end of the podcast. Now we're going to have a lot more of the conversation in our upcoming uh, rebooting Friday panel where we're going to talk about how we should be activating the tent data. I know we're going to dive into these topics in greater detail then. But I want to get your final thoughts on the conversation and anything else that we had to that you need to add or we should be thinking about. David, I'll start with you on that. What are your final thoughts and how can our listeners contact you? Um, I think the one message I would like to convey that's very important is, is you want to use a, a, a few different sources of intent data. For a couple reasons one no one intent data feed is going to cover all the market all your target accounts with all their uh content consumption activity so you're going to get skewed if you're only using one source of intent data um so you need to use two to get more breath and more coverage two you want to use multiple uh sources of intent data to kind of verify the signals against one another um the analogy i like to use is i mean you may be a juror on a, a murder trial and there may be one ki witness that's great, but you never know how the veracity of that, that, uh, that one witness. It's better if you have three or four that can all corroborate that they saw the same thing. Um, it's the same thing with intent. There's always going to be some outlying signals. You can't base your uh, prioritization or your follow-up messaging or how you use that intent based on one intent signal. Um, obviously, most intent providers, they kind of aggregate multiple signals on their own, but still, it's better to actually layer over multiple signals from various intent feeds. That way, you can corroborate and see which are the strongest signals that you should act on. Um, don't you want to follow up with that? Um, I would like to confirm we don't have any intent on murders, so that is one thing. <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, no, I think, you know, you, you hit it on the head. I, I think it really does come down to, you know, we always say get, as, get your hands on as much data as possible, but then take a look back at what converted. You know, where are you seeing opportunities? What were those companies researching and, and where were you getting those signals before? And do optimizations. You know, take a look. I mean, you might see that there's yep. one, you know, one signal from whether it's from Bora or it's Tech Target or it's visiting your website or it's it's us or it's Sixth Sense. You know, there's all these different unique signals that are out there. And, and by combining all of them, um, you're just going to get a better view of what that market looks like and what is the best opportunities for you. But if you don't look back at what converted and what they were consuming and, and do that due diligence, you're really going to just still be guessing um, you know, what, what's working and what's not. Perfect. And that's a great uh, final thoughts from you, both of you. I do appreciate that. And how do they get it? How does our audience get in touch with you to learn more about intent data and how it should be activated? Uh, you can go to the Intensify website at intentify.io. Or if you want to reach out to me personally, uh, you can reach me at david.crane at intensify.io. And you can also look up David Crane on LinkedIn. That's where my partner, Christina Jaramano, found both David and Eric to be on our uh, podcast. Eric, how can prospects get in touch with you? Um, same thing, you know, eric.belcher at intensify.io um, through LinkedIn too. You know, anytime somebody would, I, I you know, love having conversations around this and seeing if there's any opportunities for us to help organizations. So um, ping me in LinkedIn or just shoot me a note and, you know, love to hop on the phone. Sounds good. Again, I want to thank both you, David and Eric, for joining me today. And, oh, if you're looking up. Eric, it is E-R-I-C. He spells it the right way, just like me. <laughs> no K, no K. <laughs> That's why I said spell it the right way. <laughs> uh, thanks. Thank Appreciate you. And for our listeners, go to stopthesalesdrop.com slash Friday Reboot to learn more about our panels and to register so you can get even more information from both David and Eric. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Appreciate it.